I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for The, the Connor and Smith Show. Thank you, Places. We are driving in the car en route to uh, Q Recording Studios in Falls Church, Virginia, to uh, a second recording day of Susan Derry's I Wish It So album. Um, Today's the last day without Howard. I mean, I'm sorry. Today's the last day with Howard. Okay. A piano player. Okay, Howard plays the piano, for those who don't know. Yeah, well, actually, he does, he did arrangements for the, the CD. Just beautiful, lush, elegant, smart um, arrangements for the CD. They're, they're really beautiful. Howard Breitbart is a genius. You heard it here first. Um, not Definitely not first. Uh, so... This episode uh, continues the Polka Party Weekend. We are talking to the chief meteorologist of Fox 5, Sue Polka. Very excited. Um, we had a great discussion. I got to get all my weather geek questions in, and we had a great time. Sue's a wonderful lady and good friend. And uh, so we're going to talk to Sue after this commercial break. So we'll be right back. Right back. Steven, can you hear me okay? Hey, Sue, I can hear you just great. Good, good, good. Can I put this on speaker or does that not work if I do it on speaker? Let's try and see. Okay, let's see what happens. Hold on. Uh, and if I lose you, I'll, I'll get right back into it. The audio is so clear. Wow. Are you on speaker now? Not yet. Let me put okay. it on. Now, you know, I don't think I don't think it will let me, but that's okay. I'll just hold it to my ear. Okay. No well, it, it turns out that Matthew is able to join us right now, too. Yay! So he's here. Oh, good. Excellent. Hi, Sue. Matt, how the heck are you? Oh, gosh, who are we kidding? This has been a crazy year. Oh, my God. I know. It's been such, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, so many bad things, but a few good things, too. Like, yes. It's really helped me to, you know, set priorities and get rid of stuff that I don't need and, you know, look at my my surroundings more closely and figure out what's good for me and what isn't. So some, some good things out of the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, uh, so Sue, uh, I, I want to start to like, you know, how you kind of got into your, for those of you who are living <laughs> under a rock, Sue Polka <laughs> is the chief meteorologist for Fox five news in DC here. Um, but before I get that, I, I want, to ask you about something that everybody who listens to this, I'm sure, is wondering. What's with this cold weather in May? When will oh, it, it end? It's amazing. You know what I was thinking about the other day, Stephen, too, is that uh, last time the cicadas were out, which was 2004, my daughter uh, was graduating from high school, Liz, and they were freaked out because of the cicadas and the graduation was going to be outside. And on that June 4th day, it was so chilly and so rainy. And I, I just thought, wow, is this a, a way to slow down the arrival of the cicadas? Uh, but uh, yeah, we, you know, it has a lot to do with the flow in the upper atmosphere. And there's kind of a stubborn uh, system up over the uh, northeast that keeps sending waves of kind of cooler air in. But 
I'm not minding it. I mean, I do like it warm, but I don't like the humidity too high. And I'll take this break while we can get it. Yeah, um, it does look like temperatures start to go up towards the end of the week. Yeah. Again. And so believe it or not, we touched 70 today. It didn't feel like it because of all the clouds, but we did actually touch it. And it looks like we're going to get up into a few degrees above that probably by the weekend. Yep. Um, so getting back, getting back get, to normal, slowly and surely. And in many different ways. Um, <laughs> right. Are you experiencing the cicadas yet up there? So I have a lot of, I, I got to tell you, I've seen the cicadas three times in this area. First time was 1987 and we had just moved here. I had a little, my first child had been born. She was 15 months old. And I, I re- realized we had cicadas around, but I wasn't as aware of what a big deal they were. And in two th- by the time they came out in 2004, we were in our new home and there was a tree save area uh, behind the house. And there were 16 mature trees and there were cicadas everywhere. I was shocked. My screen porch was like blacked out from all the cicadas clinging to it. So that was a real shock because of the wooded area that we lived in. Uh, So I've been out back looking for the cicadas and I see a whole lot of tunnels. I know they're coming up. I saw one nymph. was really having a battle, a whole lot of black ants. But I have not seen an actual cicada yet. We have... Um, so we ah. live, we live in Fairlington, which has lots of trees and uh-huh. we, we saw the holes a few days ago, but, uh, I think it was what, like Sunday into Monday, like a switch flipped and we were seeing the nymphs. We were seeing by the end of Monday, we were seeing like cicadas clinging to reeds of grass and whatever, that were already out of their nymph form. Oh, just wow. drying out basically. It's so fun, isn't it? It's so dramatic. I I remember uh, in 2004 when it was the first time we had seen him at this new house and I saw one on a screen porch and I actually had a conversation with it and I welcomed him back. And uh, the next day when I went out, it, they were everywhere. It was so shocking. It's the emergence that they talk about of thousands and thousands and thousands at once. And, you know, the squirrels look like turkeys by the end of cicada season. They were absolutely enormous from eating them. Yeah. Absolutely. And hopefully not our dogs. Yeah, so. I know. What are you going to do about that? Just aren't there uh, some aren't there some restaurants that actually even pick them up on their menu? Haleo. I, I have heard that, that people are going to be serving them. I, I'm not uh, going to eat any cicadas, but I know University of Maryland put out a cookbook and I've had some friends tell me they're going to try to eat them. You can get them at Haleo. At least you could the last time. Um, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like cicada. They would do that. <laughs> Cicada tacos and whatnot. Um, Ew. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I could do a baked cricket, but never a cicada. (laughs) I don't think I could do the crickets either, Matt. Mm -mm. I couldn't do bugs. Can't do bugs. Can't do bugs. But Um, I'm not afraid of cicadas. I I look forward to seeing them. I think it's just a fascinating thing. I mean, I think if you look back at the research, the pilgrims saw them in, you know, like the 1600s. And uh, it's just so cool that they're still doing this and i hope climate change doesn't mess it up yeah do you think cicadas like you know go over to the washington post box that used to be you know you could get a a, 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 a paper for like 35 cents and they like read the headlines 14 years you know <laughs> and they're and they're like oh my god what has happened since we were i know life has changed they're like what is this what is this book of faith that has happened since 2004 we have right. no idea yeah, all these, so many new things. There was, maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> Although I, um, still, I still like Facebook. 
I, I do too. Um, it, it allowed me to connect with you. So there, yeah. we, there we have it. Um, so Sue, can you kind of give us Cliff's notes? Cause we, I know we only have a short time with you, but give us like your Cliff's notes version of like your journey to being chief meteorologist at Fox five. Oh. Like I, I, I we got part that. of the story from JLP, but um, yeah, just, just yes. what, well, Joe P was is was a, a big influencer uh, of my journey. Um, I met Joe when we were both living in Erie, Pennsylvania. We had both gone to the same college, but I didn't really know him there. He was uh, four years ahead of me, so you know he's a big man on campus. I didn't dare approach, and <laughs> he got a job in Erie uh, doing radio. And I used to listen to him, and I thought, oh, he's so fun. Oh my gosh, I gotta I gotta meet this guy. And so I started showing up wherever Joe was. And uh, eventually I finally got him to, you know, say hi to me. I remember one of the first times he spoke to me, he goes, it's Nancy, right? And I'm like, <laughs> it's Sue. I told you over and over. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, so we started dating and Joe was big into, as he still is, community theater. And uh, he's, I started, our dates consisted of me watching him rehearse for The Most Happy Fella, which he was going to be in. And he, had, he was playing uh, Herman. And uh, so I, I went and watched and then saw, you know, the rehearsals, saw the show come to uh, come to life. And I was just so bitten and smitten with Joe as well as theater that I started doing theater, too. And I got cast in the very next show they did, which was Death of a Salesman. So uh, Joe and I continued to date. We eventually got engaged uh, and married. And while we were still in Erie, he would always encourage me to... Um, Next step, go toward commercials, go toward uh, television. And I had no, I no idea or interest, to be honest. I was teaching. I'm from a family of teachers. I love teaching and I was really happy with my job. But one day uh, people were using local actresses from the community theater playhouse to do commercials. And I got cast to do uh, commercials for a grocery store chain that was up in New York State in Western Pennsylvania called Loblaws. Anybody <laughs> heard? You know, so I was the Loblaws lady and did, did their uh, commercials for them. And uh, they ran, you know, across Erie. And one day a guy called me, cold called the house. He said, hey, my name is, and now I'm forgetting his name and I shouldn't forget. All these years, stuff on it. It'll pop in in about 10, 10 minutes. <laughs> he was the news director for the NBC station. And he said, I got your name and phone number from the uh, advertising agency that uh, did the Loblaws commercials. And I wanted, wanted to know if, you would have any interest in uh, auditioning for a weekend weather job at WICU. And I'm like, what? Uh, no. And he said, well, we are trying out other actresses and, you know, we'd like to, um, you know, invite you to come and why don't you think about it? And I said, I, I'm not, I don't have any interest. And he said, would you like to see the station at least and then decide? And I'm like, hmm, I've never been to a TV station before. So I said, okay, I'll go. So he said, I'm going to have the, um, the, the weatherman no meteorologist then. He was a weatherman. And I, at one point, I remember he used to wear the uniform of uh, a gas station. Uh, so do you remember <laughs> that? You guys are too young for that. Yes, I, I don't remember that. Uh, so, he, But, he, you know, he wasn't doing that at that point. And, of course, at, in typical TV fashion, which I realize now we're in the communications business, but nobody communicates anything. So I show up at the TV station. The news anchor actually answers the door. And he goes, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm here to... Uh, shadow vance mcbride who was the weatherman and uh they go get vance he has no idea nobody told him anything and i'm like he's so typical even now that happens and he he says to me 
what, what are you here for? And I said, well, they are apparently going to, you know, try out some local actresses for uh, the weekend weather. And he goes, he, he was so dismissive. It was so anchorman, guys. He was like, do, do you even know your 50 states? <laughs> he actually said that to me. I said, oh, yes, I do, because I teach fourth grade geography. And I actually even know my capitals. <laughs> so wow. my, my training consisted of watching, uh, sitting in the studio and watching the guys do the early news. It was, there were no women. It was all guys. And this was uh, 81, something like that. And I remember at the end, uh, I said to the anchorman, wow, you guys are so good. And he took the, and he goes, we know. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I called the news director back. First name, Eric, last name, Johnson. I told you about 10 minutes, it would pop in my head. I said, you know what? I think I'll try it out. I'm going to try it out. So I went in, did an audition. It was a disaster. And he had me do it two or three times. And I was stumbling and bumbling. And the, um, the female anchor who was there then said, you're actually really good. You're better than I was when I tried this. I said, really? And she goes, yeah, you should really give it a try. Well, Joe got a job then in Omaha, Nebraska, and we were going to move. So I did not even, you know, continue on with that journey. But I got this light bulb in my brain that said, wait, could can I do this? Is this something I could do? Even So we moved to Omaha. Too much uh, meteorology out there, too many tor tornado wa warnings and watches. And I continued on with my journey of being a teacher, doing commercials, got a couple of national commercials, and did some theater out there, too. We move again to Richmond, Virginia. Don't worry, the story's going to end soon. <laughs> and Joe says, hey, you know, it's not that high, good of a TV market. I mean, it's, it's okay, but it's not as good as Richmond or uh, Omaha was. I bet you could do, I bet you could crack this market. And so by then I had a pretty good tape full of commercials, full of clips from videos that I had been doing and things like that. And I dropped it off at the closest TV station to my house, which was WTVR, uh, CBS station. And I said, hey, I'm uh, dropping this off because I can do commercials for you. And also um, I could uh, try out for the weather or I've done the weather. I think I might have exaggerated in my cover letter. And that news director, Terry Bynum, called me right up. He goes, hey, you've uh, done the weather? I said, well, I've auditioned for the weather. I've actually never gotten the job because we moved. He goes, well, could you send me that tape? I said, actually, I don't have a copy of that tape, but I could come in and do a new one for you. And he said, all right, let's do that. And so by then we had a VCR. I popped a tape in. I recorded their news at 9-11. I memorized it like the good actress I was at the time. And I went in and flawlessly did his entire weather report with his maps. Oh, wow. And, and uh, it took a few weeks, but they finally gave me the job. And then I really panicked because I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. But I had the job. And, uh, you know, I just had to really depend on the kindness of strangers uh, to get get myself going, start to figure out, you know, the actual weather, because I was a teacher. I did not have a meteorology background. And uh, I got better and better at it. And I think the, the winning combination for me, which was fortunate, was that I had theater background. I had a teaching background and, you know, I knew how to present in front of a group. And it was just a matter of catching up with the science, which, you know, back then it was a lot Now, how many times a day do you do the weather? Uh-oh. Sue, are you there? Yeah, yes. We, sometimes it, it, you're going in and out every now and then. I'm not sure what it is. 
Are you still there, guys? I am. Can you hear us? Hello? 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 Guys? I, I'm... Ooh. I can hear you. Can you hear us? It was so weird. I got a recording uh, for an auto body store. Like, I, I don't know if I pressed it with my ear or what, <laughs> but I don't even know where where it came from. I hope you can edit this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. Oh, good, uh, good. We can pick up where we left off. Yes, which was, what, Matt, you were about to ask you something. Yes. Um. So, Sue, do you do the weather just day? Oh, my gosh, Matt. Uh, no, and I'll, I'll fill in very quickly the rest of the story. I got the job in Richmond. Um, I did weekends. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I was asked to stay on and become the main uh, meteorologist at night. And Joe got the to DC. And I thought, well, this is it. This is the end of the road. Um, I I had a tape, though, from Richmond, and I sent it up to Bob Ryan. And Bob critiqued it. He goes, I think you're good enough to get up here, but if you want to continue on with you know, whether you should get a meteorology background. He said, and Channel 5 has a weekend opening. So I sent the tape to Channel 5. Apparently, uh, my editing wasn't very good because I forgot to put an audio track on it. So <laughs> they called me and said, hey, you, you look great, but uh, we did have to hire somebody to sign what you were saying. So if you could send something with actual audio, <laughs> little hint of what was to come. Uh, bottom line, I got the job here. And when I got the job here, I made a decision to get certified in meteorology because I didn't want... I wanted to know at all times what I was doing and I, I wanted to just become the best forecaster I could. And fortunately, uh, I did find somebody who helped me uh, learn meteorology. It took a couple of years. I was able to get certified through the National Weather Service. And I've been here, it'll be 36 years in September. So Matt, to ask your question, answer your question. We have, when I first started here, we only had 10 o'clock news. You wanna know how many newscasts we have now? There's the lineup, four o'clock. I'm not on all of them, but I'm on five of them. Four o'clock, five o'clock. We flip over. Uh, uh, those are hour long newscasts, by the way. We now put live news on WDCA at eight o'clock and nine o'clock. And then we come back to Fox 5, 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. It's a half hour at 11. And then we even have a like it or not, or excuse me, final five, which is live local programming from 1130 to midnight, but I'm not on that. So it's like seven newscasts. Wow. Yeah. And so my question for about that is for anyone who doesn't know anything about, you know, how this works, I, I clearly don't, but like, so do you have your own personal weather team that works with you throughout? I, I mean, cause clearly the weather can be changing while you're, you know, on the air oh, talking. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I pretty much on my newscasts, I handle my own forecasting and graphics. But fortunately, because we do so many newscasts now, there are two of us per shift. So I work and tag team the early shows with Caitlin Roth and uh, we create the graphics. We create the forecast and uh, she does uh, the four. I do the five. The, we go back and forth between uh, four, five and six. And then she does the eight on channel 20. I do the nine on channel 20, the 10 and the 11 on Fox. So she'll leave about 8.30 and I will take over and do everything. So we watch, not only do we create the graphics, we keep up with the forecast, but social media is very demanding when it comes to weather, especially when we have severe weather. So it, I, the job is, is much more intense than it was when I started. There's a lot well, of balls in the air. Wow. Um, 
I have one more question. Okay. In in your career, uh, I, I'm not going to go into like climate change and climate warming and all that, but does it really feel like the uh, conditions have gotten more extreme as you've watched the weather? Without question. Yeah. I'm not a climate change denier. It's like, this is happening and, you know, we're, we're going to have to, you know, adapt. We're going to have to, I hope at some point, somebody has always realized that we'll start finding solutions when there's a money solution, when there's a chance to follow the money to, you know, make things right. But hurricane season is taking forever. The water is warmer. The hurricanes are more intense. Individual thunderstorms drop so much more rain. They can hold much more because the air is warmer. And, you know, you guys have seen this yourself living in this area. Uh, the winters aren't what they used to be. Every once in a while, there's an extreme event. But that's what climate change is. It's extremes. And- yeah. And you know, even just at the surface of it, it's like, how can you think that we, we have this kind of population using so many things uh, and, and we wouldn't be actually affecting the climate of the earth? Um, I just have like a few things, I'm, subjects I want to talk about that um, this is the geek time. OK, um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stephen, do, does everyone know how into meteorology you are? I hope so. If, if, if not, then... If not, turn off this podcast exactly. right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, so was Joe DiNardo on WTAE when you were in Pennsylvania? Or was that... Yes. Uh, well, I never saw Joe because I grew up in Erie. But I know... Uh, I think he, he was pretty big in the 70s, wasn't he? 60s and 70s and a legend. Like, they sent him out to schools in a helicopter. And 80s and uh, early 90s. Yeah, I do remember my brother-in-law when I first got into weather saying, and I was, I think I was in Richmond. He goes, I'm going to send you a tape of Joe DiNardo so you can learn a few things. <laughs> so I would see him from time to time. And uh, yeah, he was, you know, a game changer, I think, for the Pittsburgh area. I got to spend time in the weather center with him. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. Yeah, he not only did he come to our school, yes, but then I kind of established like a fan um, this goes way back with me, Sue, to like childhood, you know, I, wow. I was always obsessed with the weather in the sky. And um, not only did he tell us uh, where the frost line was in our area so we could dig uh, this foundation for this garage we were building. <laughs> so he was like on a personal level, like giving house calls of like, you know, this is how far wow. deep, deep you dig. Um, but then I, I went and spent time with him in the studios there and he showed me how the Doppler worked and he, he basically took me through his day of like what he does. And then there was a certain point where he walked out on this balcony outside and he said, you know, all that stuff in there is great. It just helps you know what you already know. Um, but coming out here and taking a look around is really what seals the deal for me. Wow. Um, he told That's me so great. he told me something that I've never forgotten. Um, I, I guess it's true because Joe said it would. Right. That's the uh-huh. slogan. Um, when you know a storm is coming and approaching the moment you need to like. So if you're outside, you know, for me, it was always when I was teaching camp or walking dogs or any number of menial jobs that I've done to kind of support my habits, um, my <laughs> theater habits. Uh it was when you see the undersides of leaves, mm-hmm. like in the Flipping wind, up. Yep, that's, that's when you take cover. That's an excellent, excellent way to, to know that you have to go. And of course, just, you know, just keeping an eye on the sky too. I, I, we know what I think is so amazing now, Stephen, and 
I, is forgive me for not knowing this. Is Joe DiNardo still alive? He is not. Uh, wouldn't he be amazed at what cell phones can do now for us? For example, last Monday we had tornado warnings up through Ranson, West Virginia, and then across Frederick, Maryland. And uh, when the National Weather Service went out there to confirm EF1 damage, uh, people told the investigators we knew it was coming because the phone alerted us mm -hmm. and they were able to take cover. And I just think this is such a miracle that we have, you know, there are a lot of bad things about technology, but some of the good things are that nobody who everybody's got a phone and you can get these uh, alerts free of charge and uh, nobody should be caught by surprise by uh, an approaching storm now because there's usually at least 10 or 15 minutes warning well, here's to protect the, yourself. Here's the thing about weather, whether you like it, pay attention to it or not, it affects us all. And, and it, it's sure going to happen whether you pay attention or not. So you might as well. I always I'm sure you feel the same way. But my heart hurts a little bit when somebody's like, I didn't see nothing about this coming. I know. I, it's so frustrating. Now, I have to say it's better than it used to be. And you know what we don't hear very often? They're always wrong. It used to get bad all the time in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, a lot of times uh, we did miss things. But these models are so good now. The algorithms are so precise. The parcel of error that they're tracking is so minute that uh, I'm astonished at how accurate it is. And there's no excuse for somebody not knowing. It just means they didn't pay attention or it didn't, you know, literally cross their own radar. Yeah. And let's hope that uh, the Biden administration keeps putting some money into those uh, models and yes. making sure that we're we're at the forefront, not on the back burner. Um, they did. They did a good job with the American model this year, uh, not to get too geeked out on everybody. But I love I it. It had a better, better winter than the euro did. That's for sure. Yeah. And you can't fix a forecast with a Sharpie. You know, it's just right. not. <laughs> You sure can't. And you know what's happening now too, Stephen and Matt. And Matt, I beg your forgiveness for us geeking out on you. But what <laughs> you know, everybody has access to these models via the internet. Anybody can get at it. Uh, and uh, people start putting their own forecasts out seven to ten days in advance of mostly a snowstorm. Uh, and you know, then as the time gets closer and the models zero in on a solution and there's great agreement, often what looked like was going to be a big snow ends up being nothing. Right. And that's been really difficult mm. for us to navigate at a TV station because yeah. the bosses see it. You know what? You know what snow does for our ratings? Big time boost. Yep. And uh, so then they want us to, quote, you know, play it up. Look, don't you don't have to exaggerate, but show people what the model. By the, the end of it, after we've talked about it for seven days and then nothing happens, that's when we get a little quite a bit of blowback, which, you know, I that's unfortunate now with the pandemic with so many people working from home snow days may not be a very big thing going forward because mm -hmm. everybody can, can pivot and work from home right you you don't have to have a snow day because you can zoom yep oh, i didn't even think about that rats um, <laughs> um so yeah i feel like winter forecasting is heartbreaking it's just a constant heartbreak yeah. For snow lovers, they are just getting beat up. And even my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, which, you know, used to get 120 inches of snow a winter. I remember these magnificent lake effect snows, you know, where we'd get a push broom out to clear, clear off our car, uh, you know, in the middle of like a uh, evening rehearsal for a play that we were working on. You'd have to put a big broom in the car to get it all off. Lightning mm. and thunder. And that, you know, it's just not not those aren't even occurring very often. And when they do, then it's an epic three footer that's 
causes so much distress. Right. Um, can I ask a question? You're mad. Oh my goodness. So I have uh, no. I didn't mean it like that. I'm trying to. Be, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to be the student in the room. Aww. So when it snows in America, every snow, I think could be different based on where that water source is coming from because you just mentioned lake effect snow is that different snow than like snow coming from like uh, the 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 atlantic well i think um no i usually it's a you know kind of a fresh water source but i think the texture of the snow can change depending on the temperature uh where it's falling you know if you get big flakes like the have you ever seen flakes that look like they're potato mm, yes uh, that's, that's an indication there's some warmer air aloft where the snow is sticking together and falling. Uh, and uh, when you uh, have very cold, dry air, the snow is very fine when it falls. So you get a big water to snow ratio. It can be 10 to 1 or 20 to 1, depending on uh, that's inches per uh, one inch of rain per 10 inches of snow, uh, depending on the temperature at which it's going to fall. And we have tools to measure those temperatures going all the way up high into the atmosphere to kind of make a prediction of what the ratio is going to be like, dry to wet. You used to get a lot of lake effect snow in Erie, right? Oh my gosh, I, it was legendary. I mean, we really, we got our, our last snow in May and the first snow in October. Yeah. Growing up. Um, so just, this is just a statement. I'm just gonna say this. Do you remember the channel? I don't know if you got it. We might have different cable providers. There was a channel called WeatherScan. Um, I didn't get that. WeatherScan was just basically the radar 24-7. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that um, I remember. That's a lot in Montgomery County. I don't know if it was called that, but it might have been something else. Oh, my God. It just I know everyone has a, a radar on their phone now, so they don't need WeatherScan. But I miss it. I just I know. <laughs> because the weather channel, as you know, just like MTV, like it's all like off-road trucker shows. And I know it's d- disappointing, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I they love used it when to they do... go wall to wall. I love when they actually like, okay, so this brings me to my next topic. Is that because they're competing with like a cell phone weather apps? But I also think, uh, you know, where they make most of their money is off. Uh, their their website and I think the broadcast channel uh, and like some you know this is the dilemma for broadcast which is what we do here at Fox 5 Uh, we're competing with social media big time people don't want to wait till 10 o'clock to to get their news to get their weather and uh, you know we're we're doing the best we can to populate all of our streaming devices and the social media Uh, but you know there's going to come a time soon when the money the revenue is going to come from streaming and this I think is what happened to the weather channel is that Broadcast probably isn't making them the money anymore, especially when they have to pay to get on cable channels. Yeah, and they were hoping to catch on to the like reality TV market, I guess. Yeah, um, so which that's it... my guess that that their platform probably does really great, uh, and I think they had Weather.com, which is maybe one of the biggest domains in the world. I mean, it, right. it does it does really well. Um, so that kind of segues. Oh yeah, so there was a. Gosh, the day of our um, wedding in, but the, there's two dates. We got married legally in DC and then the, the big family thing at the signature. Right. Um, the day of our, our legal wedding, we were um, 
on the Potomac on a yacht. And so that was May 31st, 2013. Oh, you have an anniversary coming up. I do. We have two. Yes. Yay. Um, And so I missed all of the coverage of one of the biggest tornadoes on record, the El Reno tornado. Um, Oh, wow. Yes. And so this is one of the geekiest things I do. And I am not ashamed to admit this to my listeners, but I just want to tell you, this is how much of a nerd I am. I love to watch like Oklahoma or Kansas television coverage. Yeah. We guess what we, we do too. When there's a big tornado outbreak, we put it, uh, even though we're still busy ourselves, uh, and you know, this is when we're not under severe weather. We watch, uh, Oklahoma too and Texas and try to find somebody who's doing wall to wall to see what they're seeing and and how they're handling it. This but this might be the geekier statement. I watch coverage of it from the past, from past storms. Oh boy, that's great. That is geeky, Stephen. Oh my gosh. Well, it started with the fact that I realized um gosh, and and that El Reno tornado was awful. Oh, I mean, I That was like that just wiped houses off the map. I mean, they were down to the slab. It killed uh, several storm chasers, meteorologists, uh, Tim uh, Samaras um, yeah. and his son, uh, very tragically. And I believe that's not the first time El Reno had had a big EF5, right? Wasn't there another one uh, in the 90s or mm-hmm. in that area? Yes. I think they're, they're, that's a, a prone area, but unbelievable what happened there. When you think that's of the- right. I remember those guys uh, losing their lives. That was awful. When you think of the two biggies, for me, I think it's that one and the more Oklahoma uh, tornado, the second one. I remember that one, too, where when they took satellite pictures, you could see the whole path of the tornado, what it what it had done, what it had wiped out. Yeah, yeah. it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah, some some of the chaser footage that you see anymore... It's just like, you know, when there's somebody who knows what they're doing, I appreciate it. But it sometimes fosters people who do not. Well, and it does. And, and I got to tell you, I did do some tornado chasing again decades ago. It was in the 90s. But what I was flabbergasted at is how many people were also out on the road doing the same thing. You know, and I, we, uh, uh, you know, there were scientists from, with NOAA doing uh, research. Uh, but and it was from Colorado, I believe. But uh there were so many other people just out doing it that there were there were too many cars on the road. If there had been an accident or a, a pivot like we saw in El Reno, uh, people would have lost their lives. Yeah. So in El Reno, basically, that tornado not only grew in size, but also shifted because of the growth. Um, right. It kind of because it was expanding, that expansion corkscrewed it a little bit. Um, which is why it's, you know, Tim and his team. Yeah. Um, there was a very powerful Time magazine cover um, about that and about Tim that came out in 2013. And I went looking for it today because I saved it all these years. And I I don't know if maybe I purged during the pandemic and can't remember that I threw it out. But anyway. Um, Can I tell you? It feels like it just happened a couple of years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been 2013. That's we're coming up on it'll be a 10-year anniversary here in a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Feel I feel like that just happened last season. That's how fast time is starting to go. Yeah. Um 
so one more epic kind of uh, Washington, D.C. weather event that I have to talk to you about was the derecho. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So Can that I... was 20. What? I have 12? to read. Uh, was it 2011 or 2012? I get mixed up. Uh, I, I do it's... know this. I was on vacation. We were coming. Joe and I had gone to New York to see some shows and we were coming home. I think the temperature in DC that day was 104. I, mm-hmm. I got to remember the year, but we had gone up to celebrate our anniversary and we had a great time. And as we're driving back down 95, uh, and you know, t- sometimes when I take a break, I need to take a break. I'm not going to look at things online, but as we were driving home, it was getting close uh, to dusk, but not quite dusk yet. I could see all this lightning in the distance. And so I said, oh, oh. And I, I get, get online on my phone, phone and I see that the National Weather Service has put out a PDS, particularly dangerous situation. And uh-huh. I'd never, never seen one for our area before. And again, I, I was off, but I said, oh, my God. We, hey, Joe, you better step on it. I said, there's something coming that has been taken down trees left and right to the panhandle of West. And, you know, we're still 45 minutes from home. You need to step on it. And do you know what he said? And I said, we, we need to step on it because if we don't get our car in the garage, the garage door might not go up because there are power outages left and right with this thing coming. He goes, well, can we stop and get ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> and. So we did. We go to Safeway and I'm panicked. I'm still watching where the line is and I'm telling everybody around us. I said, folks, you really need to get home. There's a terrible line of thunderstorms coming. It's going to take power down and you really need to hustle. And people had no idea. They weren't paying attention because it had been so hot. And so Joe and I get home. Uh, He turns on the television to start watching the Nationals game. I run upstairs to take out my contact lenses and to open a bottle of wine and to get the flashlights. And I no sooner pop the cork on my wine bottle when the huge gust comes through Gaithersburg and in within a minute our power goes out yeah now Nora had been performing and she was down at I think she was either at Keegan or was seeing a show down there and her sister and sister's boyfriend at the time had gone to see it and they were trapped down there because there were so many trees down in DC it got worse as it got into DC that uh, they didn't get home until like four in the morning Wow. Unbelievable. Where were you guys when it hit? Matthew was at his parents. Uh, I, I just finished um, the viewing of my grandmother. Yeah, he was oh. at his grandmother's funeral. And oh, my gosh. He experienced it first and called me ahead. Um, I was with Alicia Gamble at the Kennedy Center. We were swinging um, First You Dream, the music of Kander and Ebb. Oh, and, wow. And so we were backstage we could leave technically once they started the last number. Um, otherwise, we were kind of just on on call swings. Um, and I was geeking out all afternoon and evening because I knew I was watching since this thing started. And I told her, I was like, you need to get your things together. She was going to spend the night at my house because Matt was away and she was going to keep me company. Um, and I, I was like, Alicia, we got to go now. We got to get back to the house. We got to walk the dog and we got to do it in this amount of time. And she's like, it's just a thunderstorm, Stephen. Oh, I don't know why you're so crazy. And yeah. I remember we got home. I, we live about nine minutes from the Kennedy Center. I always timed how long it took, you know. Um, yeah. 
I put a Facebook status up like an hour or two before it hit that said, charge all your devices. You're going to lose power. There's a derecho heading this way. Just Google it. Don't ask me. I don't have the time. Um, bad storm. Good for you. And when we got in, we walked the dog. We came back in, shut the door. And as soon as we did, it hit. Unbelievable. Um, perfect timing. But I, I remember know. the mail flap on the front door was being sucked outwards. It was flapping by itself. That storm was unbelievable. Now, in Gaithersburg, it did some damage, but it really intensified when it got closer to the city. And there, that's when, you know, we had so much destruction with the trees down everywhere. Uh, terrifying. Uh, you probably are too young to remember this, but there was a flag day storm. Uh, and I, again, I, I should have looked should have looked over some of my big ones, but that was another one that was a huge microburst in and around Northwest Washington and Bethesda. And that was the only thing that I can ever recall being as bad as this derecho. But of course, the derecho went on for miles and miles and miles. And of course, was... I, Iowa had one this year. Hmm. I remember there was a bad flood. In t anyway, here we go. Um, <laughs> you've got to go. Endlessly... You've got to go in a few minutes. And I just want to do a few wrap up things with you before you go. Um, Matthew, you want to, we just have three more questions. Uh, sure. Sue, during the pandemic, a lot of people took on lots of learning things, learning different languages, learning how to bake, whatever. Did you, for the past year, learn a brand new, um, something new? You know what I did? And that's so cool that you uh, brought that up, Matt. One, I heard about uh, a class that was offered at Yale called the Science of Happiness. And during the pandemic, Coursera, which is an online uh, teaching company, offered that class for free. And so I took the science of happiness uh, uh, from Yale during the uh, first months of the pandemic, and I found it fascinating. A lot of the things I did anyway, but, uh, you know, it was all about simplifying your life. And I think I've to heart, but not just what I learned through the course, but also through um what the pandemic forced us to do. Oh, that's really is, awesome. Yeah, it was really great. And now, of course, they blow up my phone every week with more courses they want me to take, but I only right. wanted to take that one. It was so good. It was really fun. So yeah, that was a big one. And I also enjoyed cooking again um, because I had my father and I really am so grateful for this guy. I had come to spend Christmas with me in 2019 and we extended that to January and we were taking him out all the time uh, to Strathmore and to... Uh, we said, hey, we're going to go to Hyde Park and see where Franklin Roosevelt lived and go to uh, Val Kill to see where Eleanor Roosevelt lived. And we did all of those things. And then Joe said, hey, I've got Tony Bennett tickets for Strathmore. Father-in-law, you have to stay till end of March. And by then the, the pandemic had, you know, shut everything down. Tony Bennett canceled. And I said, Dad, you need to stay with us. And he ended up staying till Memorial Day. And I thank God for that gift because he died on March 3rd. And I had five months of time with my father. We let him tell all his stories. Nothing has been left unsaid. I just feel like my conscience, I didn't have any problem with my dad, but I just feel like I got a gift during the pandemic, which was five months of 24-7 with my dad. He would come down every night and watch me broadcast for Fox from my basement because I did work from home from March until uh, August. And it was a gift. So that they're not all bad. That that sounds like a beautiful and movie. Oh. <laughs> He did not die of COVID either. And I, that, I'm very grateful for that, too. I, I said to my brothers when we got him home on Memorial Day, I said, he didn't get COVID. And I was very happy about that. Um, 
second question have you binged anything of note over the, the pandemic oh my gosh so much we're still binging and honest to gosh joe and i look forward to our nights off because i'm only home friday saturday sunday which is wonderful uh at night to binge watch so what did we we binged are you ready for this uh the durls in corfu okay that's really fun joe and my father all during the pandemic watched every episode of curb your enthusiasm and i it you know that joke that joke can be pretty raunchy and i hear my dad upstairs belly laughing with joe while i was <laughs> trying to do the news downstairs um we have what else have we watched we've watched so many we've we've just loved them oh we did the ozark uh love that we are currently watching um katarina and we're also watching Stissel. have you seen those no. Oh my God, so fun. Stichel uh, is set in uh, Orthodox uh, Israel and uh, following Hasidic Jews, and just a, it's wonderful. And then uh, Katharina is about Catherine the Great. Katharina. Oh, I've heard it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. We just finished uh, season one. So, yeah, we Ozark, we enjoyed the heck out of We're waiting for that to come back. And uh, I, I, I know there are probably a few others, but uh, those are the most recent on the hit parade. Okay, and final question, Sue. I could talk to you all night. I wish I could, but some Aww. other time. Absolutely. Um, what, uh, if, if you could wish for one thing in the world, top of your head, what would it be? We are making, we have a oh, wish box would... that we're putting all everyone's wishes in together as a collective consciousness. Yeah. I would say I would wish that, and, and this would have to do with people communicating with, that, with each other to understand that you know i feel like people grow up differently they they establish these core values but i wish we would listen to each other more to understand where people are coming from because at the top of my head right now is you know the bickering in the country and what has happened with the, the you know the trump presidency and the the evil way people are talking to each other and I'm, I'm just sickened by it and i wish people would stop and listen and respect the journey that others have been on to get where they're at and and not be fearful and take fault with opposing viewpoints. Just that's been very disturbing in the last uh, four years, but I'm hoping that uh, it will become more civil now that we're not having to be exposed to a certain person's Twitter feed every day. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I would say I would vote for um, understanding followed very closely by respecting that climate change is real because nothing's more important than the planet. We got we to gotta make sure we survive. That's right. All right, Sue, thanks so much for spending time with us. I know you got to get back to work. So we will uh, talk to you soon. I and, hope so. Stephen and we'll and see Matt. you tonight on TV. My pleasure speaking with you. And thank you so much for everything you have done for the Palka family. We love you. Love you, too. Love you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. We had such a great time talking to Sue. Um, I'm sorry if I monopolized the discussion, Matthew. I thought it was a very sunny interview. Sunny, with a chance of... Of happiness. Yes. Um, so that was our talk with Sue. Uh, continues the Polka Party weekend. Tomorrow we talk to Joe Polka. We had a great time discussing politics, theater, and everything else under the sun. Um, very multifaceted discussion. Um, uh, please rate, review, subscribe to this if you haven't. Uh, it really helps us out. Um, 
you're you're giving us pennies every time you listen. It's we we feel your pennies. We appreciate them. Um, wow, what's that new place? That's a hookah lounge. Okay, we're driving. Sorry, and I'm. Every time we're out, I was just commenting that being out and about feels so foreign, almost like a vacation. And I'm noticing all the new things that have opened up. Um, but anyway, you know, speaking of pennies, I guess that's the reason uh, my entire life I've never really felt like I am poor because my father's name is Bill and my mother's name is Penny. <sighs> there you go. Um, so yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you want to know more about us, listen, uh, listen to, listen to me. Um, go to www.connorsmithmusicals.com and you'll find out all about us. Uh, so until tomorrow, when we're rounding out the Polka Party weekend, as we always say, turn your heart into art. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>